Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. This is the second Bears podcast in four days. Good Lord. I'm exhausted. Yeah. We might need to take a, a break at some point during the podcast. Just to, We'll leave a good 20 minutes of silence while we rest up. An intermission, yeah. So joining me as always on the Bears podcast is uh, actor-comedian Mike Pusateri, who you can sample his wares and book him or whatever you want at MikePusateri.com. Common spelling. Common spelling. Common spelling. So, the Bears won? This is the thing that happened? I mean, I watched it. I don't know that I believe it. Uh, Has there been, maybe we need Elias Sports Media for this, but has there been another NFL team that won their first four games by being not that they didn't win four in a row, but their first four wins came when they trailed by 13 or more points. I, I don't know that, but I think I saw the stat that they're the first NFL team to win four or more of their first five games by four points or less. Huh? I believe that's the stat they, um, in a league full of teams scoring at will, the bears are holding their opponents at 20 points, which is great. They've, they're only scoring 21. Yeah. So that might not be as sustainable as... <laughs> Probably not. So might want to yeah. start scoring some points. But, yeah. you know, what the hell? Four and one is better than one and four. We've seen plenty of that. So We'll take it. But uh, early on in last night's game, we're recording this on Friday, um, things did not look so good. They were down... 13 to nothing in the second quarter. The the Bucks were so intimidated by the Bears that on fourth and one from their own 19, they lined up and did the old, ah, maybe they'll jump off sides, called timeout, and then said, you know what? We might as well just go for it. And did. And got it. And I believe it was you, right, that tweeted that didn't show a lot of faith or a lot of fear in the Bears' defense. It did, I did, yeah. Right. And then I tweeted back that I think it also didn't show much fear in the Bears' offense. Bruce Arians was basically okay. saying, uh, we can give you the ball at the 19. What are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to kick a field goal is all you're going to do. Right, right. That was, I mean, that was such, that was such a, uh, a kick in the balls. A great Bruce Arians move, too, by the way, like. Oh yeah, we're on our we're on our own twenty. Sure, we'll run it at you on fourth down. You're not going to do anything. We're going to run our forty three year old quarterback right up the middle, and he's always and he never doesn't get a first down. And that was he was famous for that in New England. Yeah, but you know that was also the Patriots. That's right. the little stuff that they don't fuck up. Right, um, but it also worked last night too. Now I'm sure we're going to get to it, but then of course at the end of the game when they have that when they're on the Bears seven or whatever yep, they have a fourth that's exactly down, where they were. Yeah, fourth and one at the seven, down two, down one, down one, down one. No, down two. Well, either way, who cares? It has to be one because then the Bears they went up two and the Bears won by one. See, it's math. There's a lot of complicated math. My understanding. You to, yeah, well, well, I mean, we there you have to be able to count to three. And we know that Tom Brady can't count to four. <laughs> yes. Um, but you're right. So there they are, end of the game, running the ball at will on the Bears. 
not having much success passing because every time Tom dropped back, um, Khalil Mack was uh, rubbing up against him. Giving him a lap dance, I believe you said, which yes. is like a great line, yeah. Um, and Tom getting progressively madder every time, which was great. <laughs> um, yeah, all you had to do is either give it to Ronald Jones, who actually you know what would have happened. They would have blocked the play perfectly, but Roquan would have flown right into the hole, missed him, and Jones would have scored a touchdown. Right. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you ha- I don't want to sound like Bill Simmons and suggest that they have a coach for every certain thing, but there should be one guy on your staff. And I read that um, the the David Halberstam book about Bill Belichick, and it's uh, it spends an inordinate amount of time talking about this guy named um, – and it's so good I don't remember. I look over like I'm going to grab the book and read it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Um, Ernie Adams, I believe is his name. I keep thinking Eddie, but I think it's Ernie Adams. Cause, uh, or maybe it was Eddie Albert from uh, Green Acres. From Green, from Green Acres, yeah. Well, he was, yeah. and he was the warden and um, longest yard. So he's had some football experience. Great career, yeah. Uh, anyway, they have a guy, Ernie, who basically his job during games is to sit up in the, in uh, up in one of the coaches' boxes and do stuff like figure out the proper time, the proper way to just um, deploy their timeouts. He like quickly does the math and he's constantly on the headset to Belichick. People also think he's up there spying, which mm-hmm. probably is. Um, but one of the things that, that, that every team should have is a guy, and I'm, I'll volunteer to do this, whose job is to think about what your opponent least wants you to do at any time. And in that case, you would have been the Bears desperately want you to kick this field goal. Mm-hmm. They do not want you to go for it here because a, they don't think they can, well, they can't, don't think they can stop you. If you just get a yard, you're going to burn more time before you kick the field goal. And if you score a touchdown, eventually now they have to score a touchdown and they know they can't do it. They're not going to be able to score. A touchdown. You win the game. If you score a touchdown there. And, um, I'm sure that, you know, Bruce was thinking the bears aren't going to score again. All we got to do is kick the field goal. We win. Ha! <laughs> That's what you get for doubting the great Nick Foles. Right. Well, maybe did Bruce Arians sign on to the Matt Nagy Make-A-Wish program? Yeah, clearly. And he's like, oh, I've got to kick the field goal here. Uh, Or I have to give, you know, $50,000 to the Ronald McDonald house. I don't know. What should I do? Kick the field goal. Kick it. Suck up. Let's send out our gargantuan uh, kicker. So... While looking for a picture of Cairo Santos, I came across the perfect photo. Because luck would have it. Although it's pretty, kickers, most kickers have kicked for every team in the NFL at least once. There's just, it's like a clown car. That all 32 kickers get in a car and they drive across the country. The door opens up and randomly one of them comes out and is going to kick for your team that year. <laughs> um, so Cairo Santos and Ryan Suckup, uh, the kickers in last night's game, a few years ago, were both on the Kansas City Chiefs preseason roster. And there's a picture of them standing on the field before a game, I think in Lambeau. And Ryan Suckup looks like he's Manute Bowl compared to Cairo <laughs> Santos. So I looked it up, and Suckup claims to be six foot two. Cairo claims to be five foot nine. Both those things are egregiously false. Suckup yeah. is like 5'11", 
and Cairo is like four foot six. Right. I mean, he's the only guy who um, is glad they don't have a t- they don't actually use a t when they kick field goals and extra points because um, you know the ball would be at head height. As right. he's trying to right. kick it, and that's almost impossible to do. Well, when I saw you post that photo, that inspired me to post the, the dwarf. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yes. It looks, it looks like Cairo has his shoes on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're coming up with the contemporary references, say the Green Acres right. and, the, and the dwarf for the, yeah. for the kids out there. Yeah, Got some Birth of a Nation stuff for later, when it gets dark. Um, that was like the first long form film, not because it's about the clan. Um, anyway, so I knew Cairo was short. Yeah, you, know, you can mm-hmm. just, you can tell, but I didn't know he was that short. So it reminded me of another time. If you consider sports to be pop culture, and I think that they are more than anything else, another time in pop culture where I went to see a movie. And I think it was like the second or third time I had seen it later on. You know, I saw it in the theater, liked it, thought it was a great movie. Uh, eventually it was on HBO and I watched it. And like the third time, I'm like, damn, these guys are really short. And it was The Lord of the Rings. I didn't, I knew The Hobbits were short. Right. I mean, I knew that. It's not like I was, and they even make fun of them for being short. Yeah, but, that's but not for surprising. Some for some reason. Me. The first few times I watched the movie, I thought they were like, you know, uh, middle of like Vigo Mortensen. What is he? Aragorn? Yeah, Aragorn. Yeah. I thought they were like, they came up to like the middle of his ribs. I didn't realize <laughs> that they're like halfway up his thigh. I'm like, I didn't know they were that small. And I blame that on Peter Jackson because I feel like that should have been more obvious to me yeah. than it was. Now, when I saw that, the, the the two towers, I was hammered when I saw that one. So it had the order been reversed, it would have made more sense. But uh, so Cairo Santos, given my judgment, could very well be knee high because I can't. Apparently, I can't tell. Right now, so and and so the question is: Is he taller than Sean Astin? <laughs> <laughs> of course, has his own football connections, starring in Rudy. Yeah, if there's ever Rudy too, maybe Cairo can just be. You know, he's already got football experience. Yeah, he knows how to wear the pads. So anyway, I don't know why I got from that, but um, Cairo's very small. Very small. The so the game turns on Bears are down thirteen to nothing. They're they're getting their brains beat in again. You know, with the Colts game score wise was not as lopsided as the game actually was, and. On a televisions in Chicago land are being turned off, yeah. uh, you know, left and right. People going to bed early. Yeah. So on a third down in relatively deep in t- Tampa territory, um, Kyle Fuller breaks up a pass. And you're like, oh, good. They're going to punt. Maybe the Bears can, you know, weasel out a field goal or something before the half. The hit was so uh, violent. Hmm. I worried first that um, what we saw fall down wasn't Kashawn, wasn't the ball. It was Kashawn Vaughn's spleen. I worried that maybe that had actually popped out of his. I don't know where on your body the spleen would pop out of, but that it probably did. And then late, there's a flag, and you're like, "Oh, for fuck's sakes!" 
You know, oh, yeah, come on. Right. No, this is going to be unnecessary roughness or whatever they call it. Um, and then they watch the replay and uh, Troy Aikman, who um, still has the NFL record for concussions, was still lucid enough to go, oh, that's a ridiculous call. He didn't use his helmet. That's how you're supposed to tackle guys. If you can't tackle that way, how are you supposed to tackle anybody? You can't what do tackle. you know? The refs pick up the flag. And in, in, um, in a sh- shocking display of competence yes. by NFL referees in a yeah. game where they didn't display a lot of it. There was a yeah. lot of very questionable calls. Uh, a couple of big ones went for the bears, but a couple of big ones went against them too. Um, so then it's like, okay, well, cool. All right. So no penalty. They're going to punt to us. That'll be terrific. And then they decide, no, we need to take a look at it on replay because it could be that Vaughn actually caught the ball and that's a fumble. And in my mind, I remembered at the end of the play, one of the uh, Buccaneers uh, linemen wrestling with somebody on the ground for the ball. And so I was thinking, well, crap. Um, It's probably going to be a fumble, but all it's really going to do is just going to move the ball back a little bit. They'll be punting a little farther back. And then Ted Ginn will still let it go over his head and roll to the 10, so it won't matter. Um, But then on the replay, they show the replay again. And sure enough, the ball comes out. Robert Quinn immediately runs over and picks the ball up. Now, later, I think, you know, maybe 20 seconds later, he's by then let go of the ball, and one of the Bucks is rolling around on the grass with it. Um, but still, you look at it, and it's like, all right, it's one of those things. Even Mike Pereira came out. And for whatever reason, Mike Pereira had his headset on with one of the ear cups, like, on top of his head. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I know he likes Tito's vodka, but I, I thought he would wait until, you know, halftime at least. Um, and he's basically says what I'm thinking, which is, well, it looks like he takes a third step, which, um, which should be possession, but they called it incomplete on the field and they're probably just going to stick with incomplete. He can't even finish the sentence. And the ref is like, it's a fumble and it's the bears ball. And, um, am I getting the order of this wrong? Was this the second touchdown? No, it was the first, it was 13, nothing. Right. When this happened. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The game was a whole you know, 23 hours ago. That's why I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah. So the Bears punch it in, even on the ground. Their first rushing touchdown of the season, Dave McGarry. Right. It's only took game five five. games to rush for a touchdown. <laughs> and you think, all right, well, cool. So it's, th- it's 13 to 7. The Bears are in it. This will be great. They get the ball back again before the half. Jimmy Graham makes a one-handed touchdown catch in the end zone, and they're ahead. Miracle of miracles. They, for most of the half, were beaten soundly, and yet they had the lead. And we get to hear again how Jimmy played basketball. That's right. Yeah. It's great that every announcer – it's like – it must come pre-printed. You know, they, they like to show the big cards that announcers use when they prepare for games yeah. and they write all these notes. Again, the, whatever team Jimmy Graham is on, when the league prints up the blank cards, they put, Jimmy played basketball. Yeah, maybe it's just they're just leaving the cards behind in the same in the announcer's booth. <laughs> <it's still> the <laughs> Before I pick it up, it says here he played basketball. Is there an old Bears one laying around? <laughs> This one says uh, Walter Play- Walter Payton uh, was a drummer in the high school band. Yeah, yeah. that one we can probably well, keep it, but I don't think we're going to need that one. This one says the forty six defense was named after <laughs> Doug Plague. 
<laughs> this one here says that uh, George, this card is not to leave the press box because George Hallis will charge you. Uh, <laughs> you had to pay a, pay a deposit. He'll keep the deposit unless you leave the card in the press box. Right. And once it got tobacco stains all over it. They might still be doing that. Um, so then, Bears have the lead. It's very exciting. And then the third quarter comes. And, you know, what they always say, the third quarter is the coach's quarter. The great coaches, <laughs> they go into halftime. They quickly break down, all right, what's going wrong? Here's how we're going to fix it. Here's how we're going to attack this. They're not going to be able right. to do this anymore. We're going to, oh, we're going to dazzle. We, we get the ball coming to start the half. We're going to go on the long drive. Oh, it's going to be great. They, 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 they pee, and they figure out exactly what their That's opposition right. is doing. Not our guy. No, the Bears' two, first two possessions were a grand total of uh, eight plays, including two punts. I believe they lost six yards combined on the two drives. Um, they are... There were a lot of, they're the only team who blank going into this game. They were the only defense who hadn't given up a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. That should have a little asterisk next to it because Mike Evans did catch one, but Ronald Jones should have been given a touchdown on the play before. He's a running back. So. Yes, right. Um, they, were the, um, they were the only team left in the NFL that hadn't rushed for a touchdown. They checked that one off. They are the only team in the NFL who hasn't scored a point in the third quarter. They can't check that one off yet. They did not check that no, one off. That one is still open and <laughs> might not change anytime soon. They've been outscored 29 to nothing in the third quarter of games. And, and again, and they're four and one somehow. That's right. Because, you know, yeah. they're so clutch in the fourth <laughs> quarter. It really doesn't matter. It just sets up the drama. I mean, it's basically like the Bears is like writing a screenplay. And, you know, somewhere in the middle, you've got to have your the conflict that seems like it cannot be that the, the hero cannot overcome this challenge. It's going to be impossible. That's the third quarter for the Bears. They're just mm-hmm. setting it up for the big finish. <laughs> it's all about drama. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, uh, oh, the other thing was um, Nick Foles, uh, early on in the game, that was no good. That was, no, no that was bad. He sucked. Uh, first third down of the game, run a nice little play, um, roll him out just a little bit to the right, wide open Allen Robinson, misses him by 20 feet, mm-hmm. to which uh, the Joe Buck call was, Foles to Robinson. Oh, a terrible pass. And then Troy's astute observation. That's been a problem for the Bears. Yes, that's been a problem for the Bears since the 50s. Yeah, since 1912. (laughs) Since Sid Luckman (laughs) hung it up. That's been a problem for the Bears. Right. Uh, And it was really annoying with Foles wearing the tie-dye hat. (laughs) At that point, you're like, you know, you're going to wear the tie-dye hat. Can can you complete a pass? Yeah. At one point, one of the uh, one of the assistants had to go over and go. Uh, the uh, the cancer people that the hat is supporting have requested you not wear it. <laughs> They'd really like you to take it off. Right. Please. They want you to give, hand it to Tom Brady if you don't mind. That's Nick. right. Yeah. Well, he's not going to wear one because I mean, it's, I'm surprised he wears a helmet. I mean, those hair plugs 
are they those are not cheap and you don't want to be pushing down on them like that i yeah is the interior inside of that helmet designed specifically to, uh, to account for that <laughs> is that in his contract is that why he chose tampa ultimately because they had the best <laughs> hair plug helmet i think what it's got is it's got um what do they call those things merkin well, well, I think I'm working with <laughs> Yeah, I guess you wear that somewhere else. But it's got, okay, so it's got like a little, it's got, there's a toupee in it that is somehow oh. like suction activated. And he hits a button and you hear the psh as it sets it back into place. Then he knows it's safe to take the helmet off. Right. Because, I mean, this was a guy, He's he's been in our lives for a long time. Oh, and long about time. 10 years ago, Tommy was losing his hair. I mean, that's it's just a fact. It was fine. He's still a handsome man, but he was losing his hair. Now, no. He's, uh, yeah. and clearly, he spends a lot more money on his than Ryan Sandberg does oh. at Restore. Sandberg, my, my guess is the contract Sandberg hired, or signed, to do the stuff. They said, all right, here's what we're going to do, Ryan. Um, for just doing the commercials and stuff, we'll give you enough credit. Um, that we'll do the front and then all you have to do is pay for the back. And he's like, well, I, I'm not paying for the back. So he didn't. Right. Because I mean, when they show Ryan, although we didn't get to see any of it this year, last year they occasionally would, um, and this is one of the most introverted athletes ever. You know, he was a great player. I had issues with him as a player, mostly because I just thought he was the dumbest person ever. But he was a great player. I was, was glad he was on the cup. Well, not always. Uh, when he came back from the retirement, I was like, I, we don't need this. And yeah. it didn't really help anybody. But anyway, for a long time, he's a great player. You know, He's a legend. He deserves being in the Hall of Fame. All that stuff, that's fine. Right. Uh, but he doesn't have the personality to be to do the things that the Cubs want him to do. And there was a, a thing last year where um, they surprised a lucky fan. So the fan, the fans get to the gate. They sit down. They got nice seats over by where Mike Donahue sits, and there's a seat next to them that's open. And I, if that was me. About the second inning, I'd be like, "Oh, sweet! This person's not coming." I'd be spreading out. We'd put all our crap in it. You know, yeah, right. I'd right, be right. leaning over it, and then somebody would come want to sit in, and I'd be like, "Son of a bitch! It's like, yeah. Were we ever going to show up?" It's Ryan Sandberg. They left it open so that Ryan could come by and surprise them and spend the game with them. And he comes holding this big popcorn tub. Because that's really what you want. You want a stranger. We want to share popcorn. That was right. pre-COVID, but still creepy. And yeah. he does the, hi, I'm Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> Reminding me of when Ralphie is in line to go see Santa in A Christmas Story. Yeah. The kid in front of him in the line turns around and is like, what are you going to ask for for Christmas? It was that kind of like pathological creepiness. Yeah, and Ryan's like, "Hi, we're gonna watch." He's got his little microphone on. Hi, we're gonna watch the game together, and they're like, "That's uh, that's neat." Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? And why your hair looks really odd up close? <laughs> <laughs> are you a monk? No, that's it grows that way. <laughs> so yeah, we got all the way to there from um, from Tom Brady's hair plugs. So yes, so uh, Foles not engendering a lot of confidence in his play or his choice of sideline cap. Mitch yes. also looked ridiculous in his, which actually made me happy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it kind of ties the two together. So um, 
well, with the Bears struggling, I thought for sure, here it comes. Here comes the Taysom Hill package. <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> right. I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Mitch is lined up as a split end. Oh, they're going to throw the ball to him. Oh, he's going to throw it again. Oh, he's throwing an interception. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason he's not in the game in the first place. Let's not do that. Well, there is no Taysom Hill uh, package, but people were becoming very disgruntled with Nick Foles' play, and there was some non-sarcastic call on the Twitters to put Mitch back in. In fact, it was put Mitch in was trending in Chicago on Twitter. Was it really? Yes. Oh, my God. But I think a lot of it was people being smart asses. Like, um, how much worse could it get to <laughs> put Mitch right. in more than Mitch will save the day? I had my own smart ass bring back Mitch tweet, but – but it was clearly a smart ass tweet. Well, you were contributing to this. Twitter doesn't get sarcasm. So you, that's true. You just added to the collection. <laughs> so luckily, um, Nick got it together. I think it was the first touchdown the um, on that drive, or maybe it was the second one. The one, to, but he at that point he had completed seven passes in a row, which he holds the NFL record at twenty five. And, or uh, yes, twenty-five pass, twenty-five consecutive completions, which seems low for an NFL record. Maybe I heard that wrong, but I know he's done he's he twenty-five in a row. He is um, he is nothing, nothing if not streaky. Seven is clearly the Bears' record, and maybe maybe by five he may <laughs> yeah, have right. shattered that record. <laughs> Previous record of two. Put it up there where it'll never years. get broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris Chandler, I think, completed. Uh, two in a row once. They stopped the game. They <laughs> sent the ball to the Hall of Fame. And the game was over because that was the only ball they had. It was um, yeah, wait, we need we need that. Oh well. Yeah, they didn't think it through. No. Yeah. They're asking fans, did any of you bring a ball? The uh college I used to the college I used to work at, um, the football field was built at a time when the road that ran behind it was a two-lane gravel road. Well, 30 years later, it was it had become a four-lane <laughs> major <laughs> thoroughfare, and it had so they had a net to catch kicks, but the kickers never hit the net, huh. and they even got to the point where the the they would put station a campus police person there who would drive out into the road and stop traffic for extra points and field goals. But it wasn't always feasible. And sure enough, one of them, guy kicks it. Actually, it was an excellent kick. It was good. Over the net, into the street, run over by a garbage truck. They're going to say, and that, and that very nearly ground the game to a halt. Do we have another ball? And they found one, and they were able to continue. <laughs> Years later, they built a new football field that uh, ran perpendicular to the road, and yeah, actually it was far enough down that it, it didn't matter. But yeah, that was some not a lot of urban. Not that was some poor urban planning. They didn't mm-hmm. they didn't plan for uh, the city of Rockford to exp- to grow and expand. Right. Um. But yeah, I think we clearly saw Khalil Mack's best game in a long time. I heard people say it was his best game as a Bear, but it's going to be hard for him to ever top the uh, his first game as a Bear yes. against the Packers, where he literally was just taking the ball away from the Packers. <laughs> like, here, please, I'm going to take that now, and I'm going to go run this way with it. Yeah, but it was it was it was good to see because the, 
the Bucks had a couple of overmatched tackles, and Khalil was uh, making sure that he didn't waste that opportunity. He, yeah, he threw what's it worse to the. He ate him up. That was probably the most impressive. And we've seen him do stuff like push off left tackles with one arm. But this one, he sacks Brady. Wirfs continues to try to block him even after the sack. Mac kind of stands up and with one arm just tosses him aside. Just literally <laughs> picks him up off the ground and just throws him. <laughs> That's like a 340-pound man that he's just like discarding with one arm. Yes, that was great. That was fun. That was fun. Um, so there was a lot of consternation about the, the Bears' final drive. Um, when they got into, I'm going to do air quotes, field goal range. <laughs> and they continued to throw. Which, I get it. Basic football strategy there is the Bucks are out of timeouts. The greatest quarterback in NFL history is on the other side. You want to burn as much time as possible before you give them the ball back. Um, but that presupposes that you've never seen the Bears try to kick a field goal. <laughs> because I'm, I'm all over Nagy for lots of stuff. I'm not on him for that. I, at the point, was like, all right, we're in field goal range, but I feel like we need a touchdown. Yeah. And... Um, so he th- they threw a pass down the sidelines to Allen Robinson, which got knocked away. Very nice play by whatever defensive back that was. And Troy loses his mind because now you're going to leave um, Tom Brady with more than a minute. Uh, but they really needed to get as close as possible. Although that's just little faith, my little faith in Cairo Santos. because, Well, or as you say, though, I mean, the Bears have taught us one thing, is that when, a, when they need to make a field goal, when this field goal matters... They are not very good at that. No, no. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Butler used to be good at it. He Robbie Gold guy. was good at it, um, yep. as long as he didn't try to make him kick it on second down, as we found out in the Metrodome. Uh, other than that, no. There's no. no there's nobody. And uh, Cairo, on his second go-around, uh, we had no reason to believe <clears throat> that um, he was going to be any different. Uh, but he made it. Yep. And without even too much drama, it, it caught most of the middle, which was nice. <laughs> it did. Did not even possibly, uh, didn't even flirt with one of the uprights. Nice change no. of pace. Not um, a doink in sight. And by that point, I really did feel pretty comfortable because the Bucks were going to be throwing. And that was the part that the Bears were doing fine with. There really wasn't going to be enough time. Although probably two handoffs to Ronald, the, the immortal Ronald Jones. Apparently the best running back in NFL history. Um, and Rojo. The, the, Rojo. <laughs> Rojo 2. He's a 2 even. Um, or 11. I can't tell what the font on the Bucks jersey. He may be Ronald Jones the 11th, for all I know. Um, I felt pretty confident that the Bucks weren't going to drive down the field throwing the ball. Uh, and also another underrated part of the game was, uh, so Rob Gronkowski uh, has been bad. Bad. Like, clearly should have stayed retired bad. Yeah. He's he's skinny. Yeah. And he's, I mean, there's a reason he retired. He's got a terrible back, and he's got bad knees, because he was a great player. He's a first ballot Hall of Fame tight end. Right. Um, but he's not that anymore. And it was, in, and the, of course, he did make one big play, because it's the Bears. But he also spent a 
good part of the game knocking the ball away from Mike Evans. Yeah. Like three times he jumped in front of passes that were clearly intended for Mike Evans. So he was one of the Bears' best pass defenders as well. Yeah, yeah. But he's the one who caught the ball that got them the fourth and one that Arians didn't go for. And it could barely run off the field mm-hmm. afterwards, it looked like. Yeah. To the point where they're probably like, all right, we're going to have to run run all of Rob's routes to the left so he's closer to the bench or he'll <laughs> never get off in time. We'll have to call timeout to get him off the field. Right, right. At, at that point, they're like, wasn't Gronk the guy with Steve Harvey on New Year's? We, we, <laughs> that, we signed that guy? <laughs> yeah, is this just an elaborate mask Singer bit? <laughs> right. Is he actually playing? He's actually in uniform for us. Huh, okay. So then on the final drive, um, a curious pass on fourth down, well short of the sticks. It's incomplete. Tom Brady's running the, trying to get the team back up on the line, and they're walking off the field. And the <laughs> refs are walking off the field, and he's like, he's holding up four fingers. Uh, afterwards, of course, no, he knew that that was fourth down. He oh, was simply waving at everyone. <laughs> he was waving goodbye. Great effort, guys. Thanks. I got to see you. <laughs> he was wearing the Mickey Mouse glove. Had <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see. His thumb was, his palm was itchy. He's scratching his palm with his thumb. It looked like he was yeah. making a four. It was the saddest looking four, too, wasn't it? It was, yeah. holding up like it was a not confident. You could tell oh, he, he's there like, no isn't confidence. it fourth down? I mean, here's an alpha male who's even then is kind of like, ah. Is it four? Because if it's not, then I really did something really stupid, and I feel like an idiot. So one of the things I was, I was, I sure happened all day and I didn't care to look it up, but I'm sure um, there's a subset of Pats fans and they're the worst people. Some of the worst <laughs> people in the world, the Cardinal fans still worse, but right. for football, it's hard to get worse than the Patriots fans. Uh, Packer fans actually are worse. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. All right, so the second worst. Okay. Maybe not even the worst. It's the, they're just super obnoxious. Yeah. At least they own their obnoxiousness. Packer fans are obnoxious, but they pretend that they're not being obnoxious. They're being nice. Yeah. It's like, fuck you guys, you're awful. And you guess what? You don't own you own a piece of paper. You don't own <laughs> any part of that team. No. It literally says on it that you can't <laughs> claim ownership rights, even though you're an owner. Anyway. Yeah. You ain't getting on a team plane. I'm sorry. I was expecting a lot of uh, oh, you know, at, at Tommy, that never would have happened. You know, Belichick would have made sure that never happened. <laughs> But the problem with that is, I watched the Monday night, the early Monday night game, thanks to the, the COVID uh, special, COVID Bowl, again, between the Patriots and the Chiefs. And in that game, a Bill Belichick coached offense, Brian Hoyer dropped back for a pass deep in Chiefs territory right before the half with like 12 seconds left, held the ball way too long, got sacked, got up, tried to call timeout. They didn't have any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the refs just ran off the field because it was halftime. They didn't get a field goal off because of that. So I don't want to hear Pats fans making fun of Tom for not knowing how many downs there were when their quarterback, you have to count to four to get to four downs. You only have to count to three to realize you're out of timeouts. <laughs> so it can happen to the best of them. And Brian Hoyer. And Brian Hoyer. Former Bear great Brian Hoyer. <laughs> but everybody's played. Every quarterback has played 
for, every bad quarterback has played for the Bears at least once. Yeah, I was going to say every bad one has for sure. Did you like the new? We got a different graphic. Um, what was it? Were they on the beach? I think they were. Right? It was like for the oh. uh, they showed Brady and how many or how many years he's been in the league. And yeah. then they span around. It was like bear. It was looks like bear quarterbacks been buried up to their neck in the sand, and it was all the bear quarterbacks who started since he's been in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's like guys, come on! Everybody in the world has you know has seen some some sort of thing like that. Yes, we get it. The Bears have had a lot of shitty quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, we understand. You need a new we- graphic. <laughs> That's not impressing anybody. So, um, so Nagy this today during his uh, media availability talked about how frustrating it is uh, because his offense demands a lot of precision to work right, and this team just hasn't played with the kind of precision, only in spurts, spurt precision, which I don't think is a thing. No, I don't. Occasional yeah. precision is that maybe he can write when he gets fired, and well, it'll be two years now because he's not getting fired this year. He can go on some no, kind of lecture, barring, barring an epic tour. collapse. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the uh, Matt Nagy uh, occasional precision method yeah. of coaching a football team. Right. I don't know that it, they lack – I'm sure they lack precision, but it doesn't seem like it's the only thing they lack. Um, no, they lack skill. They lack uh, – <laughs> They lack judgment. They lack all kinds of things. Now they're going to lack uh, James Daniels for the rest of the season because he tore his pectoral. Ouch. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries that don't sound like fun. Um, That's one of them. That does not sound like yeah. any fun. It was what, a few weeks ago I described turf toe, right? Right. You literally dislocate your toe. And they gave it a cute little innocuous, oh, it's just turf toe. Turf toe. Yeah. That doesn't sound like fun. And uh, the the torn pectoral doesn't sound fun. No. Um, no. The one, but it's weird. Every time I think of that of injury in that area, I don't know if you ever saw this video. It's it's not great. Do you remember Dean Palmer played for the Rangers? He's a third baseman. I do not hit a lot of homers. Didn't do much else. All right. Okay. So Dean Palmer in a game one time took a huge cut, and he ruptured the biceps on his right arm. And on the replay, you could kind of see it. You know, the shirt comes down at least far enough that we didn't get a good look at it. But what he did was he felt a pain and he grabbed what he thought was going to be his bicep. And Uh instead, it was just the bone because the bicep was now curled up on his shoulder. Because what happens is it tears at like, you know, the little crook of your elbow and it lets go, and it just, like, the people's Achilles tendon rolls up their calf. Oh, like a window shade. Yeah. So I always picture, you know, anything in that kind of upper chest arm area. I picture Dean Palmer uh, just about passing out when he went to grab what he thought was just a sore bicep and realized that it was no longer there. His bicep had uh, had taken a had taken a yeah, walk. I hope that's, uh, that could be on YouTube. That's not, it's worth a look. Uh, yeah. It's not wow. the Tim Crumry broken leg. You remember that one? Oh, that one I remember. Oof. That was in the Super Bowl, right? Where it and they, they had so they had yeah. lots of cameras on it. That thing yeah. just went ways oh. it's not supposed to go. Mm. And of course, the Thiesman. We all oh, know. Yeah. We all remember oh. that one. Yeah. 
the most infamous. I don't think your leg's supposed to bend that way. Oh. That's one where even a coked-up Lawrence Taylor knew enough to immediately call for someone to come help. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. So you know that's bad. So anyway, um, I don't believe, I have no reason to believe James Daniels Peck rolled up like a window shade. Um, but are you looking forward to the Alex Bars era <laughs> at guard? Well, who isn't? What would be how I would respond to that? The great uh, Alex Bars. The great Alex Bars. He was a pretty good player at Notre Dame, but it also was aided by the fact that Quentin Nelson well, blocked yeah. everybody, and then Alex just had to block whoever was left. Chris Orich was a pretty good player at Notre Dame, too. So. Well, and now, they should bring him, you know, you should be able to bring back like a celebrity, you should have one celebrity fan at every game. You know, you can, Lori Lightfoot could make an exception for one fan. And it could yeah. be Zorich with the towel, just like running around one half of the stadium, just all the time. <laughs> you know, speaking of celebrity fans, when did Eddie Vedder become the biggest Bear fan in the world that he's given shout outs to Joe Buck? Yeah. Uh, when did that happen? I don't know. We're going to have to have a. We need some kind of intervention with yeah. Eddie. Um, it's like, you know what? Just, we get it. We saw you literally roll around on home plate after the World Series. Um, you did You did it. You don't need to do You, you can now cash that in. You don't have to be a celebrity fan anymore. Do you think you can retire? Joe, do you think Joe Madden is still texting Eddie the, the Angels starting lineup? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably, probably, it's probably just, what do you think? And then he sends it to him. And I was gonna be a good one today. Eddie, uh, Eddie moved a few guys around. Mike, you're gonna bat ninth. He's got Eddie's got a theory about batting you last, and it'll be like an ambush. Pitchers will forget you're playing, and then oh my god, there's the best player in baseball. I forgot yeah. he was on the team. Yeah, right. Brilliant idea. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I wonder. Maybe maybe Nagy texts him during games and asks him for plays. There's no way Eddie Vedder is giving Nagy his phone number though. <laughs> That's true. It's just not happening. <laughs> hey, Andy, can I have your, can I have your number? No. 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 no uh, I can give you the number to my uh, my publicist assistant's uh, son. He's yeah. six. He <laughs> might answer. Yeah. But He's don't six. call him after seven. That's bedtime. He's, yeah. So, so the Bears are four and one. Amazing. A, Amazing. And we talked about this last week. If they could get to four and one, it's going to be hard for them to not make the playoffs. Now they can do it. I mean, I have confidence in them. They could do it. Right. But uh, if you go six and five the rest of the way, you're going to make it. And if you go five and six, you might very well make it. Yeah. And they and they have Carolina, which should be a game that they're going to win. Yes, especially with, just, they got extra time to prepare. Well, you know how they I do. Have, you know how they do with prep time. That's how I was going. That's why I have I have so little confidence that they're going to win because they do have the extra time, and they're probably thinking they're this four and one team, and Carolina sucks. And, and they're probably already looking past them, which would be ludicrous for the Bears to look past anybody. Uh, 
So do you but remember? But if they do that, they do that. They're five and one, and then they're then they're. Yeah. Now you're really. Now, now you're really. Now you're five hundred, and you're guaranteed to get in. Five and five, yeah. we'll get do it. Yeah. Um. So do you remember? Was it two years ago, or was it just last year that they signed, uh, Thomas Davis, to be like this, to be like the uh, the second running back, and they cut him, like week six and they cut him only because if he was on the roster of the next week, they had to guarantee his salary and they just decided they didn't want to pay him. Um, with Christian McCaffrey out, he is the Panthers running back and he's had a really good year. Hmm. And so I would guess Thomas has had this game circled mm-hmm. pretty big. Although we know Bruce Arians also had it circled and they didn't do him a damn bit of good. No, um, but give, also given the fact that the Bears' defense, while very good against the pass, uh, not so good against the run. No. Still. As evidenced by their sizing Ronald Jones for a gold coat at halftime. That's, we know that's how the Bucks spent halftime. <laughs> getting him ready for his Hall of Fame induction speech. Right. Well, and on the offensive side of the ball, don't the Bears at some point need to be able to run the football, don't they? Yes. They um, did not make uh, a real strong attempt again, uh, two weeks in a row. But we know that because we know that if you give Matt Nagy an excuse not to run, he will gladly take it because he really yeah. doesn't want to take it. 35 yards rushing for the Bears. Ooh. That seems high. <laughs> we get a recount? Well, Nick Foles was minus one, so that dragged the average way down. So you look at it and you're like, all right, well, Tampa only ran the ball 20 times. Yeah, well, they ran it for a hundred. Actually, they ran it for a hundred and yeah, hundred six yards because sacks go out of the net passing yards, and the, they averaged five point three yards per carry, yeah. and the Bears two point five. Yeah, fourteen carries, thirty five yards. Um, although passing wise, for as inconsistent as Nick Foles was early, he completed. He was thirty of forty two. Brady was only twenty five of forty one. Yeah. So, um. Almost identical QB ratings for the game. Yeah, Ronald Jones, 106 <laughs> yards on just 17 carries. Yeah, that's, see, that's uh, a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Brady ran the ball three times for uh, no yards, but he had a long he had a long rush of one. That was the, <laughs> that was the fourth. That was interesting when your long is um, is longer than than your total than your total. Yeah, <laughs> things went things went wrong somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so there was a guy who plays, there's a guy who plays for Tampa who used to do terrible things to the bears. And I honestly, until late in the game, and I pretty sure I saw him on the sidelines, not even in the game. I forgot he was on the bucks and that was Andamakan Sue. Let's just say he did not make a huge impact on the game. Um, they also have Jason Pierre Paul and, uh, I just, I mean, now if he, what if he had been the one holding up his hand at the end of the game, trying to signal how many, what down it was? Because you know, instead he's, of Brady, yeah, because yeah. he's, you know, I don't know how many fingers he blew off with the firecracker, but <laughs> I think he's, I think he's perennially giving the hang loose sign these days. Right, and he could be like, isn't it fourth down? And like, it's not second down, Jason. He's exactly. like, no, wait, what? Ah, damn it. <laughs> Other hand, look at this one. Oh, okay, no, it's not fourth down. Sorry. 
I uh, I mean, Robert Quinn had the nice had the uh, heady, heads up fumble recovery, yep. right? Uh, which became a thing uh, all day today in Chicago because it just reminded everybody of the uh, game against the Packers when they didn't pick the ball up, which um, I think we've talked about. And I know Mike Downey yeah. and I have already talked about that. We haven't even gotten to the Packer to a Packer week yet, and we've already talked about that twice. I think. <laughs> um, but he's not playing well. No. And he's also not playing a lot of downs. So we're getting a lot of uh, James Vauders, Canadian football legend, James Vauders, mm-hmm. and Barkevius Mingo. And as right. much fun as it is to say Barkevius Mingo, uh, he's not good. No. Now, I thought he and Vauders combined for, I figured they both got a half a sack on Brady, in which um, was a couple of cool names to get sacked by James Vauders and Barkevius Mingo. But they gave yeah. the whole sack to Vauders. Poor Barkevius oh. didn't get Ming- credit for anything. Mingo. Mingo cannot catch a break. And and uh, who was the other guy with the big sack? Uh, Brent Urban. Oh, he had a great play on... Um, or tackle for loss. Yeah, yeah. on uh, Jones. Yeah. That was a very nice play. He just came flying in out of nowhere. I was like, where's this guy been? Yeah. But any guy with a 92 is Hunter Hillenmeyer to me. <laughs> they should just retire it. Yeah. Across the NFL, not just the Bears. The well, entire league should retire. I don't know if you remember this. When, when Deshaun Watson played at Clemson, Clemson does this thing where they don't retire players' numbers. But if you wear the number of a former Clemson great, they put a patch on it that shows the name of the great. So he wore, he was number four, and he had a Steve Fuller patch <laughs> that he always had to wear. How embarrassing. <laughs> so I, I think the Bears should do that. Because they've already retired, they've retired more numbers than any other team in the league. So they really are—they're kind of screwed. They can't really retire. I mean, that's why people still get to wear fifty, because they yeah. can't really retire for single tier. It's like we're—we're we're running out of numbers. We're just gonna have to keep them. So you should have to wear the number of an all-time or the a patch that commemorates an all-time great. And um, so yeah, I mean, I think automatic ones are Hunter Hillenmeyer if you wear ninety-two, if you wear thirty-seven, if, if Maurice Douglas gets his name. Oh, yes. On your jersey. All right. I mean, the there's... The stripper. Yeah, the best male stripper ever to play in the NFL. Right. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. You can, Sure, you can, you can put Doug Plank, you know, because that'll just remind... I'm Honestly, that's what I'm surprised they don't do. Some kind of 46 defense uh, uh, yeah. commemoration. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, nine, I think it's a... Uh, Mick Foles should have to wear a Chad Hutchinson patch. <laughs> So I think this is really something they should look into. And it, they could it, probably get them sponsored, which the Bears would be all for. I guarantee the Cubs. The Cubs I'm, um, sure I'm, Prevagen, sure I'm sure Prevagen will, will show yeah. out some cash. They seem to be uh, spending freely. Yeah. The herpy medicine, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, they probably spend all their money. They give all their money to the Brewers. <laughs> they tried to get Braun to change his last name to Nurks. He wasn't going for it. He would have gone for it. They didn't quite read me. You need his number. If they get to it, he'll do it. But that's something to think think about. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the Cubs listen to these podcasts and somebody right. Somebody just wrote that idea down. And they're like, like, all right, uh, you, um, we're going to put a Jack Jones patch on your Jersey for next year. Um, 
Who's that? <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. He's a great player. Don't even look him up. Uh, he's a great player. Just trust us. Trust us. Like yeah. you, he also couldn't throw as well with his left arm. <laughs> Problem was that was the only one he used. Um. So, yeah, so uh, on the stat sheet, Robert Quinn, uh, $70 million uh, free agent acquisition. Um, uh, no tackles. Uh, actually, all zeros except for one important column, fumble recovery. There you go. That's the only thing he did. But uh, Bilal Nichols didn't get a tackle, but he did have uh, – he had a couple of quarterback hits, including one where right in front of the ref – after Brady had released a pass, he just two arms shoved him right in the chest, knocked him on his ass, and I thought, oh, that's the dumbest thing ever. No, no. The refs clearly tired of Tom b- complaining. We're like, nope. Not calling it. Um, the it wasn't the f- wasn't the touchdown drive. Maybe it was the touchdown drive. In the fourth quarter. Um, no, they didn't score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It was a scoring drive in the fourth quarter. So they kicked two field goals in the fourth quarter. It had to be the first one. Was aided on a miserable, terrible roughing the passer penalty on Tampa. Mm-hmm. Which I'm big enough to admit, but was also very happy to accept. Um, it was one where you watched it and you thought, well, that couldn't be what the penalty was. I mean, it's like 10 seconds later, one of the Bucks cheap shot falls in the huddle. Because what we saw, I mean, was it, what, did Kenny Stills run by and hit Matt Suey, you know, 30 seconds after the play again? Because what we saw the guy do was basically falls, as he's releasing the pass, the guy tackles him, which I think it's it's still tackle football, right? Isn't that what they I call it? I believe so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, third down incompletion, Bears are going to have to punt. Oh, there's a flag. <laughs> Uh, another penalty, I think, on the same drive was um, one that the Bears, to their credit, at least they either did it on purpose or they got their story straight really quick because they all said the same thing after the game. Um, Foles through a pass down the left sideline knowing that um, Robinson was going to draw a pass interference penalty just based on saw the guy all over him and said, I'm just going to throw it at him. That was the one that Troy complained about. Because he said it was such a terrible pass, it wasn't catchable, and it shouldn't have been pass interference. Right. But when they showed the replay, I mean, the ball is maybe four or five feet away from uh, Allen Robinson, which for him is like a step and a half. So if he's not being mauled, he's at least going to get to the ball. I felt like that was a legit. Yeah. At that point, Troy was just bitching. I think at some point during all the Thursday night games, he realizes that he's not getting paid extra for it. Yeah, and he just starts to get pissed. Well, maybe he's mad because he's no longer the only Hall of Famer in the booth. That's true. Feels yeah. slighted. He, you think from he has to lean over to Joe and every once in a while and go, "The football Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> we, it's not like a broadcasting Hall of Fame. Is that football Hall of Fame? I don't know. Hey, really? That one. When I'm in, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Walter Payton. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's no ceremony this year, right? Because of the COVID. <laughs> what if they forget and you're not? Have you you know? Did you did you keep the email they sent? Right. Because you might need it. that to remind them next year that you get to you know use the buffet, get in the buffet line. Yeah. We don't, we don't have your bust in there yet, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Now they don't do announcer busts, do they? I don't. Isn't know. it like the Baseball Hall of Fame? They're technically not. They're technically not Hall of Famers. They've won the Ford C. Frick Award. Oh, the announcers, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but they are, you know, they're called Hall of Famers, and nobody, other than Milo Hamilton, nobody bitches about it. Right. Um, nobody liked Milo, and I don't think anybody wanted to admit that he was in the Hall of Fame. But hotter than a depot stove. <laughs> but Milo had this weird thing, more so when he was with the when he was with Houston. It must have been. Maybe when they moved to Minute Maid, or maybe, it's, I, first of all, probably in the Astrodome, there must have been a huge clock that Milo could see. Because uh, when I first got XM, I would just, you know, driving around, I would always try to find a baseball game. Because it was so cool to be able to listen to baseball games all over. It was, you know, a unique thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Listen to games from all over, and you got the local, the terrible local commercials. If you ever listen to a Reds game, Johnny Bench was doing, he, he wasn't on the broadcast team, but Johnny would never say no so he was reading, you know, he, he was the recorded voice on every commercial. It was <laughs> Well, now, Johnny, when we see him branching out on television, he's got the thing with the, the five hamburgers. He loves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How many burgers I can hold in my hand. <laughs> oh. Oh, so if he turned on an Astro game, Milo way too often told you what time it was. <laughs> it's 810 in Houston. It's like nobody gives a shit. Nobody right. needs a clock. We're trying to, what's the score? We don't need the time. <sighs> yeah, but he was upset. And all I could picture was him sitting there. And I'm sure, you know, he's old. He probably can barely see. But the clock must have been huge. And he's like, well, yeah. that's one thing I can hold. I, I know what time it is. So I'm going to remind everybody. <laughs> Constantly. So do, you, do you think Milo and Tom Brenneman and Skip Carey get, get together and just... <laughs> Milo, Milo talking about how much they hate the Cubs. <laughs> I'm sure they did at one point. Milo's dead. Um, his hair is still around, but he's gone. Yeah. But yes, I'm... Don't you think they had that club? Oh, Milo hated Harry so much, which yeah. is another reason why I loved Harry and, and made it really easy to just realize right away what a prick Milo was. Uh, but Milo came to the Cubs knowing that Brickhouse was on his last legs and he was going to take over and this was right. going to be great. And <laughs> Jack retires... And they hire Harry. And <laughs> I would never got over it. Oh, great. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah. What a terrible name. What is Milo short for? Yeah. It's got to just be Milo, I guess. Milo. Not a great name. No. So, yeah, Bears-Panthers coming up um, a week from Sunday. And given the, um, I want to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. So, COVID positives are popping up all over the league, but other than in Tennessee, where <laughs> it's basically the whole team, and it turned out that when they got locked out of the um, facility for COVID reasons, they were having practices <laughs> infecting each other. So it just kept happening. For most part, it's been one or two guys on teams. And I think that the NFL is using it to scatter the games around the week so they can get more primetime games. Because we have a Tuesday night game now yes. next week, don't next we? Next week, yeah. we've, got, uh, we've got the Sunday, regular Sunday slate. Then there's a Monday doubleheader, both on ESPN. 
Uh, CBS apparently, uh, I don't know, they got some old emergency routes or something. They couldn't preempt them. So they're letting ESPN have it. And then there's a Tuesday night game. Actually, maybe that, maybe CBS is going to show the Tuesday one, so they didn't want to do Monday and Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's well known that the, these, all the, all the networks especially have nothing to show. Yeah, tell me about it. And this is very convenient if they can just slide one of the, you know, football. Every year, like last year, football games were like 75 of the 85 highest rated events on TV. And it just seems like, well, hmm. Cam, Uh could you cough a little bit? All right, we're going to have to move your game to Monday. (laughs) Well, so Tuesday, I I mean, this has to be the first Tuesday night game. I think. Right? Which would I'm only not 100% be... sure because I think they've had some weird hurricane makeups. And okay. they did one one time where it was very frustrating. They had a either a second Monday night game or a, I think it was a I think it was a Tuesday. It was like, "Oh, we can watch football tonight." And they only showed it in the home markets of the two teams. Of course. <laughs> they've they've learned now like, "No, no, no, we're putting this on." You know. And yeah. the and I suppose at, at one point, I'm sure the affiliates were like, "You know, we sold ads." for this for our normal stuff we're not going to show your little football game well right now they're like yeah we'll take it that's fine oh yeah give us more is you only got one we'll take as many as you can give us so whether this is the first or second tuesday night game that would leave wednesday night as the last frontier yeah or has there there been a there must have been a friday at some point yeah there's a weird thing about fridays where i think literally some states have a law on the books to prevent, well, maybe it used to be that the NFL and college football would never show games on Friday to not, to not, uh, because of high school football. Right. And college football has thrown that out right out the window. So maybe it was just like a gentleman's agreement. College football will show it whenever. I mean, when the Mac comes back in a couple of weeks, they're doing like a Tuesday triple header or something on ESPN. (laughs) Literally, they're just like, "Hey, we're back. Tuesday's our day of the week, and we're we're going <laughs> balls out." The way the Sopranos used to own Sunday, <laughs> the Mid American Conference owns Tuesday nights. Tuesday. <laughs> and as a guy who's been in person to one of those Tuesday night Mac games, mm. yeah, I was. Uh, there, there was ample room in the stands. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> they were they were social distance. And it's weird because people would be like, well, those Mac teams don't draw anyway. They draw, all of them draw pretty nice crowds on Saturday. They really do. And mm-hmm. they don't get anybody on Tuesday, but they they get a nice big check from ESPN. Yeah. So they're yeah. not, so they'll take it. Because okay. a couple of those games can pretty much fund your athletic department for the year. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're not playing any Big Ten teams this year, so they don't get any big fat checks. Yeah, that hurt a lot. Of, that hurt a lot of schools because mm-hmm. there's you know, guaranteed payments, and they're just not going to get them. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I did you hear this? I believe it was Joe who said at the end of the game that uh, Matt Nagy remains undefeated on Thursday night. Yes, he did say that. Okay. Well, one of my astute followers said uh have we already forgotten the opener <laughs> last year against the packers like oh yeah that's right he was very much defeated that night. it was only 10 to 3 but it felt like a thousand to three and that's yeah. why i wondered if the loophole is <laughs> well that was sunday night football on thursday i don't think it counts but i know that's how 
Like they don't even bother. NBC doesn't even change the graphics for that game. They just it's Sunday night football. It's like, um, wait a minute, did I fall asleep? Did I miss the whole weekend? So maybe that's what Joe was thinking. Joe exercising his Hall of Fame privileges to just kind of make things yeah, up. Just make you know, twice a it's game you need to make something up and nobody can challenge you. <laughs> but uh, they seemed. They seemed like they were sitting close together too, or did it, did it just seem like that to me, Joe and Troy in, in the booth? Um, they seemed rather close. Yeah, I don't know. A... Did they have their sneeze guard? I don't think. I don't think they did. So on Sunday night, Al and Chris, because they were in California, or maybe it was because they were maybe not even California, but specifically they were in wherever wherever the Niners play, somewhere <laughs> Bay Area adjacent. They had to wear masks while they broadcast the game. Oh, I didn't get to. And do they that. were none too happy about it. They, <laughs> bitched, they bitched about it during the game, which was. Um, oh, and I kind of wondered. This would have been my plan if I were them. And I, although I, you know, I'm mask phobic, so I would have worn my mask. But if I decided I wasn't, I didn't. I thought it was ridiculous to. You're in the hermetically sealed booth. You've got the sneeze guard up. You can take the freaking mask off. It'd be fine. Would have been. Yeah. They they did wear it for the open. Collinsworth kept having problems because it kept sliding down that ski slope nose, and he kept having to shove it up. But then it could have been a good strategy during the game when you can't be seen to occasionally bitch about it and not wear it. Because yes. then nobody's going to question whether you're wearing it or not. Because you're like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I can't understand it because of that mask. <laughs> <laughs> While they're, you know, <clears throat> just out there, you know, blatantly uh, unsheathed. <laughs> Is that right? That doesn't seem right. That seems about like Merkin. I think I'm Merkin and un- yeah, yeah, we're in that category. <laughs> so the uh, the Bears cannot move back into first place this weekend mm-hmm. because the Packers are playing the bye, and the bye is still winless. Although the Bears have almost lost to the bye a couple of times, a couple of nail biters, but they've yeah. always pulled it out. Um. And then when the Bears go to Carolina, the Packers are going to Tampa. So let's hope the Bucks get their yeah. shit together. Yeah. Because if they play like they did last night, they're going to give up 40, and they're going to lose. Let's just leave. Let's hope that at least Tom can get the downs correct by the time the Packers show up. Yeah. The Packers are on a, uh, you know, sure they score a lot of points, but the trend, trend's not that great. Uh, 43, then 42, then 37, then only 30. So, yeah, yeah, terrible. By week eight, they're going to be like at a dozen, like 12 points. By the time they, play the, they don't play the Bears until week 12, they'll be lucky to kick a field goal in that game. <laughs> Which is good because the Bears are going to be lucky to score more than a field goal. So the Bears are for their – what would their Pythagorean record be for the Bears? Um. Oh, 2.6. They should be 2.6 and 2.4. There you go. So what is that really? Three and two? They should be three and two instead of four and one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we just did a thing where, um, because because they were playing the Bucks, we pulled out some old John McKay quotes. And uh, he had a quote about, um, he said, we did a study and first year expansion teams averaged 2.7 wins. He's like, I know how to get the two, but I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to get a point seven. <laughs> So, but yeah, they're uh, you know, they 
got him at slightly over 500. However, that works out. Right. Okay. Now, there, is there a line? There's no line yet for this game, right? Oh, I assume there is. They'll, oh, okay. Vegas will take your money. Um, no matter what. Yeah. Let's see here. Week six. It is weird to look at some of the, like, COVID games. And, you know, they just have to be literally guessing because I don't know who's even going to play. Yeah. Uh, they don't have an over-under yet, but they do have a spread. Okay. Uh, Panthers by two and a half. Huh. Okay. So the spread probably uh, 12. They never seem to go lower than... The Bears get one of the lower spreads usually, or, or um, not spreads, uh, over-unders. Um, yeah. They rarely yeah. get below 42. Right, that seems to be their 42, 43 is their yeah. sweet spot. But, you know, good teams, or teams with real offenses, like the Minnesota-Seattle game, the over-under is 56 and a half. Now, that's an over-under. Yeah, they're not going to they're not gonna break that out for the Bears. No. Um, although Chiefs-Bears might be like 70. <laughs> Like, how many do you think? Do you think the Chiefs can score 63? Yeah, all right. Let's go 70. Uh, it's going to make the Bears going to score a touchdown. Ah, come on. What the hell? Got to live along. <laughs> yeah, they're 54 and a half, 55, 54. So, yeah. So, what do you think? So, Carolina, two and a half. Um, I don't believe Christian McCaffrey is supposed to be back for that game. Although it's it's close. Eh, he might, actually, maybe that might be the week he's supposed to be back. Uh, I think he should rest. I mean, you won't want to rush it. Why be rushed? Yes. Take another week off. You, you got a whole life to think about, Chris. Yeah, that's right. I think he goes by Chris. When he's shirtless in a hotel room getting his picture taken. Let's see here. Huh. Nothing better than looking stuff up live on the podcast. This is good. Good listening. That's what you, you know. You get still get what you pay for. That's right. If, if you've made it this far, then we we know you're with us. <laughs> yeah, you've clearly <laughs> fallen asleep. Hopefully, you're not driving. Right. Look out! Well, that didn't do any good. I want his stats. I want his uh, injury. Uh, oh, here we go. McCaffrey will be out at least one more week. Well, no, I think two more would be better. Uh huh. Yeah, he was originally given a four to six week timetable, so the four weeks would have had him back this week to play whoever they're playing. And then the middle of that is the Bears, and then the the conservative end of it is the week after the Bears. So I would guess they're probably going to have to deal with him. No, he got hurt in the second week. So the first week they expected him back um, would have been the Bears. So I don't know if we'll see him or not. Mm. Uh, and I don't know. You know, given the Bears, they don't like to they they um, they don't handle guys running through the line very well. But he catches a lot of passes, and they don't seem to have problems with that. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Somebody, somebody tells Roquan to. Yeah, actually, wrap up would be good. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This is a game they should win, but I just don't have a lot of confidence. So I got a, uh, I think an actual email it was an email or a text from my friend T.J. Brown, um, who was hoping we were hoping that Donahue and I would talk about this on our podcast this week. But I think this fits better here. Um, the t- Tom Brady not knowing how many downs it is is. Um, does that fit into Chicago sports lore with Les Lancaster coming in to game three of the 1989 NLCS with the series tied at one? The Cubs had just taken a four to three lead. Les comes in with a runner on and a, he inherits a one ball count to Robbie Thompson. He throws he he throws a pitch and misses, and it's two and zero. And Les thinks it's three and zero. And figuring out that Robbie batting in front of the two two of the best hitters in the National League that year, Will Clark and Kevin Mitchell, isn't going to be swinging three and zero. Yeah, he's going to take a pitch, try to draw a walk. Throws him a fastball that Robbie hits um, far enough. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's a five to four deficit. And uh, Cubs are going to lose the game and then the series. Um, so I I guess, had it happened to a Bear, not against the Bears, because the way the Chicago sports stuff goes, we really only remember the tragic shit that happens to us, not the stuff yeah. that benefits us. Well, also the stakes were much higher in the, in the, uh, in the Cubs game. So you think game three... Of uh, their second time in the playoffs in 50 years, 54 yeah. years, is bigger than week five on <laughs> Thursday night football. In, in COVID night football. Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But it's, 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 uh, it's a fun comparison just from, you know, getting the numbers wrong and leading to a terrible outcome. Well, one of the best oh. things about it was um, Troy – Said what well, he said that happen it, it can it's it can easily happen because on a last minute drive, you know you clock the ball and in sometimes in your mind you don't advance the down, which There's, kind of made sense when he said it. Right, it made sense. There's a problem. The Bucks didn't do that. That was the only problem. They ran four plays. Yeah. They didn't kill the clock. So right. Well, and Bradshaw after the game brought up three reasons, and that was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what were Terry's that he couldn't? Because I remember, was, I don't know if you remember the famous um, Hollywood Henderson quote about Terry Bradshaw. He said he's was. so dumb he couldn't spell cat if he spotted him the A and the T. <laughs> Terry come with K A P. Terry's revolved around like you know, well, the offensive coordinator's telling you the wrong down or you know, this or that way. Whatever yeah. it was all stupid. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, it's easy to dismiss it and think, "Well, big deal." It was fourth. You know, it's not like he. It's not like he ran off the field with a down to go. He thought there was another down, but the pass he threw on fourth down would not have gotten them a first down. So he yeah. clearly thought, "All right, we'll get close, and then we'll run up, and we'll." You know, he was. He was. You know, they're trying to get yeah. field goal range, so he's literally like, "Okay, this will work. This is enough yards." Problem yeah, was. He- it, even if the guy had caught it, Bears would have, although who knows the way they tackle, the Bears should have tackled him 
and then the game ends right there. Right. It was odd because you could tell Brady. Brady was not in. Oh, this could be the last play of the game right. mode. He was in. Let me let me try to get as you say field goal range. Let me try to go quick. Yeah. And completely shocked when. No, Tom. The game's over now. Yeah, it's just nice when that shit happens against you instead of to you. Yeah, which is far more often. Yes. All right. So, um, so yeah. So after two podcasts in uh, four days, uh, you can have a nice long break now. Excellent. Um, enjoy a weekend without the bears. You can actually go out and see the sun. You're back in California, so. Back in California, so we we have plenty of sun. It's, it's still it's not still on fire. I'm sure parts of it are, yeah, but not near but you. So that's good. Not fortunately, not near me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I will. Um, it's funny. I always tell myself on the non-bear Sundays, um, be a good time to you know go out and get a little extra yard work done and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but then I'll tell myself I was going to watch a little bit of Red Zone. <laughs> and then, and then I look out, it's dark. And I realize I've <laughs> sat there the whole day and haven't had to change the channel. The yeah. Red Zone channel is something that I don't understand the uh, financial model. Um, I'm glad they do it, but I don't get how they make any money off of it. Because there's no commercials. Right. And they do sponsor things. Like a little logo will pop up here or there. Um. Now, it is a boondoggle on DirecTV because in order to get it, you have to buy the whole freaking package. Yeah. But everybody else gets it usually as just an add-on in their sports tier. So I don't get it, but I'm not going to complain because um, although we do get to hear, and I get, because of DirecTV, I get the Andrew Siciliano one, but uh, Scott Hansen, who does the, the other one, has apparently never taken a bathroom break. <laughs> so I can only assume he just, you know, he just goes right in his pants. Sitting there in diapers. Like Alan, like Alan Shepard in the capsule <laughs> on top of the rocket. You know, Werner Von Braun at some point has to call Scott and be like, you can go in the suit. <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. Let's light this candle. <laughs> uh, uh, now, I, now I have to go watch the right stuff. So uh, there's a Disney Plus show that starts tonight on this Friday um, on The Right Stuff. They made like a miniseries. Oh. And Alan Seppenwall reviewed it for Rolling Stone. And he, while he was writing the review, he tweeted, I'm watching the first episode of The Right Stuff TV show. I don't know how long I can make it before I put the movie on instead. Because <laughs> 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 the movie is one of the great movies Ah, oh, the movie's ever so made. fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever read the book. Yes, I have. The book is tremendous. Awesome. The, and so when I heard they were making the uh, the miniseries, one of the things you get in the book that they do, I mean, they don't ignore it in the movie. The book is about 50-50, the astronauts and the wives. I mean, they tell a lot of stories about what it's like to be first a test pilot's wife and then yes. to be um, an astronaut's and wife. And obviously, it, the movie's almost three hours long. Maybe it is three hours long. And they're a big part of it. Um, the image, when I think of the astronaut wives, I think the two scenes everybody remembers are the one where you find out that John Glenn's wife has a stutter. And that's why she, the other wives think she's a bitch because she won't talk to them. Well, it's because right. she's embarrassed that she has a stutter. But the, the more iconic one is they're, um, 
some of the wives are together. They're at Gordo Cooper's house. Yeah. And Gordo is grilling. Yeah. And they're talking about what it's like, you know, like, well, you know, I went, you know, they're talking about what it's like to talk to other people's wives and like, oh, you know, they talk about oh, my, my husband's a stockbroker in a dog eat dog world. And I just always think to myself, what if there was a 60% chance your husband didn't come home from work? And while they're commiserating about it, they look up and Gordo is holding up a hot dog that is completely on fire and is just like grinning and pointing at it. He can't hear them, but he's like, and, and Gordo's wife just starts to cry into her hand. Oh, uh, I know. Pamela Poor Reed. Gordon. This great Wonderful. actress who played Leslie Nope's mom on uh, Parks and Rec. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, Wonderful the movie is movie. also incredibly well cast. Not just. Yeah. Um, I, and even, uh, I mean, you've got a, a Jeff Goldblum, you've got a Harry Shearer. Yes. There's a lot of really, and they're truly funny. Yes. Like they're there purposely to kind of break it up and. Uh, be funny. And the way they make fun of, you know, they sit in there, watch the, they're watching the newsreels of what the, how the way they're getting their news about the <laughs> Russians is they're watching newsreels after they come out and uh, making fun of Khrushchev. And, uh, yeah. I, I don't oh, I should look up her name. The, the nurse is so great. In yes. that oh, movie. and to bring up into football, the orderly, the one who um, looks like he's going to kill. Um, yeah. Um, Alan Shepard for doing um, the uh, name Jose Jimenez. Yeah, right. Is Anthony Munoz? Oh, that's right. Yes. Hall good of call. Fame tackle for the Bengals, Anthony Munoz, who is very call. good in it. Yes, he is. So there you go. That's what we should do. A right, we'll have to do a right stuff podcast. We should do that. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's thought about doing a podcast about movies that are you can rewatch. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's thought about that. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, that's a there's a market opening for us right there. We could even call yeah. it the rewatchables. Oh. We call it the the Wally Shara. Wally's barely in the movie yeah. too. Yeah, you don't even you know you don't even find out that he had a head cold. Yeah, right. There was nothing <laughs> about Wally. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Wally and uh the only reason you even know who Scott Carpenter is is because he's John Glenn's only friend. Yes. They went to the they were in the Marines together. Right, right. Um, they, they they do the the thing where they measure their lung capacity with the breathing thing. Those two guys are coasting along. Everybody else is, thinks they're doing well, but they're really not. Gordo thinks he wins. Yeah. And he, he turns and those two are like they're not even like <laughs> they're just kind of Laying back in their chairs, just <laughs> like, oh, are you done? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, just the ridiculous. It is funny to think about how um, you know they didn't really have any idea what what was really important because nobody had ever been in space. It was all theory as to what you needed, and um, basically they knew that they wanted to keep the capsule small so you couldn't be over six foot tall. Right. Um, and then there was the big, you know, one of the big conflicts in it is that they thought it was a great idea to get test pilots. And then they gave them missions where they didn't do anything. Yeah. So the pilots were pissed because they didn't actually get to fly it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, Gus Grissom gets the shaft. Um, although um, Remo Williams, the guy who plays <laughs> I can't think of his name. 
Um, except that he played Remo Williams. Um, Fred. Fred. Something. Uh, yeah. Uh, is an excellent actor, but yeah, they get the poor, he sinks the capsule and, um, but there, another a great moment that I like is that, so there, the publicity guy is running through all of the names. Right. And, uh, Gus. An astronaut name. Can't have an astronaut named Gus. What's your middle name? Ivan. <laughs> you can be Gus. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I think every Gus. time I've heard the name Ivan, I've, all, I've said under my breath, you can be Gus. Virgil I. Gus. <laughs> Fred. Yeah. Oh, it's going to bother me now. I could have Googled it, but I didn't. Anyway, so that's probably hey. enough right stuff talk. Now there's yeah. no way anybody has made it to the end of the podcast. Definitely not. That was, that was our goal. Yeah, <laughs> try to outlast the audience. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, we'll check back in after uh, after the Bears are five and one with their big win That's in right. Carolina. We'll enjoy our nice long break and get back at it. Get back to work. All right. So, we'll, all right. We'll, we'll catch up after the Carolina game. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. Thank you. Many of us have herpes. 